Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Always happy to be here on a Tuesday, Dan. Yes, and it is, um, Yes, you know, this is an unusually stacked news day in a week of yes. stacked news days. So uh, let me get right to it. Let's not waste any time. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Preparedness matters. You ensure everything in your life that matters, your teeth, your health. Your house, your car, why you wouldn't ensure your food supply is bizarre. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If your answer is run to the grocery store, you'll likely find chaos and plenty of empty shelves, which is true. I've seen that here in Florida. How do you avoid this? It's simple. Use today to make a plan to prepare for things that may happen. A hurricane, earthquake, blizzard, even social unrest. The practical place to start is by storing up food in your house. I use My Patriot Supply for food storage in my company of choice. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's time to do so. Here's a great item that makes it simple. A two-week emergency food kit that comes in a rugged tote. This week, it's only $75 when you go to my special website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com, or call 888-411-8926. These kits include breakfast, lunches, dinners. They last up to 25 years in storage. Order now, prepare yourself, and rest easy. Preparewithdan.com or 888-411-8926. 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. Pick up your emergency food supply today. Don't be left hanging. Okay. Um, big news this morning. Uh, I've got tons of stuff to get to, including that economic story from yesterday. But Trump has announced that he is planning, uh, according to an Axios report, it is in the show notes today. Please read them. I have five or six critical stories you need to read. This is one of them. That he is planning on issuing an executive order to end birthright citizenship, thankfully. This is an, a, a really awful policy that creates incentives that are all misaligned uh, with, with uh, American immigration interests. Now, this is, this is huge news. It just came out this morning, um, I, I, I believe, before the election, because this is an issue that resonates with Americans. Ladies and gentlemen, America is the only country in the world that allows this, where if you come to the United States and your child is born here, they are given citizenship as a function of being born in the United States. Now, unlike other uh, liberal outlets that are going to give you a bunch of nonsense and junk, I am going to break this down for you according to the digestible tidbits and the points you need and the information you need to argue why um, birthright citizenship is not, in fact, in the Constitution like liberals are going to argue to you. Number one, it all, it, it's all, it all centers around the 14th Amendment. Let me read this to you now. And you may, after you see this and you, re, you hear this, excuse me, Joe, precision matters. After you hear this, you're going to say, well, Dan, I don't get it. You just read the 14th Amendment and it says the opposite of what you said. I'm telling you, birthright citizenship is not in the Constitution. Hang with me. Here's the 14th Amendment, folks. All persons born or naturalized in the United States... And subject to the jurisdiction thereof, yes, are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Now, you may be confused. I get it. Don't worry. As Joe Pesci said, we'll unconfuse you. I promise. (laughs) You may say, Dan, the 14th Amendment clearly says all persons born or naturalized in the United States. But read the second clause there. And subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. That second clause matters. Take away number one. The reason Trump stands a very good chance of winning this on executive order. 
contrary to what the liberals tell you, the case of birthright citizenship for people who are in the country illegally, not resident aliens, not green card holders, Joe. Let me be crystal clear, folks. Do not listen to the liberal media if they tell you they are lying. Has never been decided by the Supreme Court. Never. It may be if Trump implements this executive order, but it has never been decided by the Supreme Court. Now, the subject to the jurisdiction thereof portion of this is critical. Here, and I want to hat tip Andy McCarthy on this. Andy McCarthy wrote a piece a long time ago I never forgot. It says you are a citizen of the United States if you are born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. What does that mean? There are two distinctions, two distinct components of jurisdiction. I know you remember this, Joe, Mm -hmm. because this was a brilliant point by McCarthy. It's from, forgive me, I don't even remember the article. It was eons ago, but it was a great one who happens to be a very skilled lawyer. There's political jurisdiction and territorial jurisdiction. It was widely assumed in the the writing of the 14th Amendment, believed by many people who've analyzed the history of it, that the subject to the jurisdiction thereof meant political jurisdiction of the United States. Okay, what does that mean? I don't want to lose you because this is going to be a hot issue from now into Election Day, and you need to know what's going on. Liberals will argue that it meant territorial jurisdiction, meaning if you were born in the territory of the United States, and therefore that's what the jurisdiction meant, then you are mm-hmm. in fact a citizen. You were born here, subject to the jurisdiction. Or, uh, that's, uh, that's the simple one. Simply means born in the United States, citizen. That's how liberals interpretate the second uh, interpretate. Did I just say interpretate? Yes, you said interpretate. Interpret. I'm sorry. I'm not, I promise you I'm feeling great this morning. I'm not groggy. I'm making up new words. That's how liberal. I don't even know what I like. Usually you combine words. I don't even know what I was combining interpret with. That's how liberals interpretate the 14th Amendment, meaning territorial jurisdiction, meaning you're born here, you're a citizen. That is not what the writers of the 14th Amendment intended. What they meant was political jurisdiction subject to the jurisdiction thereof. Meaning, folks, that two United States citizens who give birth to a child on Portuguese soil still have an American citizen at birth. Oh, Joe, how's that? How is that? He weren't born in the United States territory. The child, the, the boy or the girl was not born there. The son was not born. In, he was born in Portugal. How is it that people like, what was it, John McCain, who was born in the Panama Canal Zone, I believe. How is John McCain, yes. or was he a U.S. citizen? God rest the man's soul. How was he a U.S. citizen? Because, ladies and gentlemen, subject to the jurisdiction thereof meant the political jurisdiction of the United States, meaning United States citizens, whether in Alaska, Montana, Spain, Portugal, Accra, Ghana, or anywhere else are still, Joe, United States citizens, subject to the political jurisdiction thereof. There are tax laws that apply to you. There are U.S. laws that apply to you. It does not matter that you are overseas. You don't get to, unless you relinquish your U.S. citizenship, then, Joe, you are no longer subject to the, quote, 
political jurisdiction, if that's what they were talking about, the founders. There you go. Now, liberals don't want this case in court because liberals are afraid what I'm telling you is true, and it is, that the, the, the writers of the 14th Amendment clearly were referring to the political jurisdiction, not territorial jurisdiction. And it, so the two takeaways here, folks, this is important. And this article is in Axios, which is up at Bongino.com. Please read. I'm sorry. Yesterday, some of you had a problem with the email. It was a one-time glitch, I promise. But if you're on my email list, I will email you the best aggregated news articles of the day. The Axios one is pretty good. It's short and it's sweet. They do a decent job, even though I think they have a left-leaning bend. They still do a pretty decent job. Yeah. It gives you the pro and the con. Immigration, and I'll read to you in a second what some immigration scholars have said on this. The two takeaways. Do not believe the liberal hype. Case, a case of illegal people here illegally who have had a child has not been decided by the Supreme Court. It hasn't. Secondly, the subject to the jurisdiction thereof refers to political jurisdiction, not territorial jurisdiction. If that was the case, how the heck are kids born outside of the United States to two American citizen parents? How are they citizens? Fair question, right? How is it? The territorial jurisdiction, if it applies, means they were subject to the territory territorial jurisdiction of Portugal. Not the United States if the kid's born in Portugal. Folks, this is a sound, sensible policy. You should not be able to enter the country illegally and get the benefits of citizenship for your for your um your offspring if you broke the law while other people are busting their butts waiting on lines to get here the legal way for in some cases decades it's not right this is an issue i believe donald trump has again has his finger on the pulse of america with i believe this will resonate i believe this was a very uh, a, a a a tactically strategic uh, but but smart move for the United States economy and the United States immigration process. This is not viewed by people who are here legally largely as a fair policy. Let me read to you from the Axios piece because this is important. It's going to be all over the news today. Mm-hmm. Quote, the legal challenges would force, force the courts to decide in a constitutional debate over the 14th Amendment, which I just read to you. It says in the next bullet here, it says few immigration and constitutional scholars believe it is within the president's power to change birthright citizenship. Former U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Council Lyndon uh, Mamel tells Axios. But some conservatives have argued, like I said, they give both sides in this. It's up to you to read it. That the 14th Amendment was only intended to provide citizenship to children born in the U.S. to lawful permanent residents, lawful permanent residents. Green card holders who are under the political jurisdiction of the United States. I'm adding, that's my, that's me ad-libbing that. Sorry, should have been clear on that. The quote continues, not to authorize immigrants or those on temporary visas. Folks, makes all the sense in the world. Leave it to a liberal to lie to you and misinterpret what the 14th Amendment says. Oh, it's already been decided by the Supreme Court. It has not. I know nothing, nothing. 
What the heck is that? That was Schultz. I know nothing. From where? Hogan's Heroes. Oh, is that right? Listen, me and Joe were born in different years, so I I didn't know. that. Usually I'm pretty good. The Ren and Stimpy one was strong. That one I was totally totally caught off guard. (laughs) But yes, as with some of your jokes sometimes, which the audience fills me in on immediately. Uh, Thank you, audience. Yes, thank you. (laughs) The How with Elizabeth Warren. That was a perfect I did not get that. I missed that completely. Yeah. Folks, the 14th Amendment. Remember, political jurisdiction, not territorial. And it has not been decided by the Supreme Court. This is going to be a hot issue, I suspect, from now to Election Day. And it will generate a ferocious response to the left. Because to sum this up, immigration policy to the left is not about immigration or compassion for immigrants. Let me be absolutely 100% crystal clear. It is about replacing votes they are losing from working class Americans. They are hemorrhaging because liberals have become a party of identity politics and elitism. Mm -hmm. They know it. And what they need to do is they need to find voters somewhere else, whether it's in the minority community, whether it's the further division of America uh, into racial gender categories that they can then manipulate. They need to find new voters and they think they can do it uh, using almost unrestricted immigration. This is not about compassion for immigrants. This policy, if it is a policy change and this executive order comes out, will be absolutely devastating for the Democrats. Devastating. Okay, moving on, because I really am stacked up today. Uh, Folks, as I've warned you repeatedly, Joe, have I not, about the social media censorship out there. I cannot say this in strong enough terms. It is abhorrent. It is grotesque. We have to fight back. But, but... B-U-T, please do not lobby or in any advocate for the intervention of the United States government in the regulation of these social media companies that are unquestionably, I agree with you, point stipulated, suppressing free speech and conservative thought. Not just social media companies, by the way, web hosting companies as well. There is an excellent, excellent article. At PJ Media today, I have up in the show notes for those of you reading along at home. Please read it. We are in a a very, very dangerous time. There have been people like uh, Hat Tip Tucker Carlson who has been all over this. The suppression of free speech with social media and internet companies between deplatforming, uh, meaning shutting down all avenues for conservative websites. There was a recent attack yesterday on LifeSite News whose web hosting company gave them 12 hours to find a new home for their website. It is a pro-life site. This is happening everywhere. Folks, I don't go into a lot of the details about what happened to Joe and I in the program, but I assure you it's happened here as well. Mm -hmm. Granted, because I don't want to be hyperbolic, and the reason I stay away from the details is there are other people who are facing it far worse. But I'm not going to lie to you, it's happened to us too. Um, a couple different ways. I, I Again, I avoid the details because I don't want to make the show about me. I want to keep it about the issue. Great article in PJ Media describing what the left's plan is. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you clamoring, let's set up the problem and set up the proposed solution and let me debunk the proposed solution so it makes sense. So we'll put the lead up front, okay? The All problem right, here, here Twitter, YouTube, yep. Facebook, uh, web hosting companies, They are working, whether it's in tandem or an ideological tandem, 
Meaning, although they may not be conspiring directly with one another, hey, let's do this, let's do that, let's get rid of this guy, let's get rid of that guy. Although they may not be directly conspiring, Joe, they are all liberal-leaning companies that have unquestionably, unquestionably targeted and deplatformed voices out there who are, I'm not going to say conservative because some of them aren't. They're just not liberal. Right. Now, Joe, some of these voices are people who are obviously deeply disturbed and, and, and troubled. Some of them. Some of them are just people who don't agree with liberals. No one's going to argue that a, a white supremacist advocating for Nazism on Twitter is a disgusting human filth of the worst kind. The problem, folks, is when you start to equate that with ideological differences, like some are trying to do, you have a real issue. I'm going to get to that in a second. So the problem is these companies are canceling their accounts they're kicking people off Facebook and Twitter. They're taking them or demonetizing videos on YouTube. They are taking down web hosting. The second problem, there are actually some conservatives out there, even shockingly some libertarians who I've seen or questionable libertarians, who are advocating for the government to get involved here and to somehow regulate these social media companies. Folks, this is exactly, exactly what the left wants. I, I did a show a few months ago where I told you about Democrat Senator Mark Warner, how he wanted this like internet kind of bill of rights built into the law. This, he's a Democrat senator, folks. There's a reason he wants government intervention. I'm going to explain to you the reason now in light of this new piece. So PJ Media has a piece about the Southern Poverty Law Center a group that was involved themselves, was involved themselves as a motivational factor of a domestic terrorist, Floyd Corkins, who shot up the Family Research Council. The Southern Poverty Law Center, a discredited, debunked group that attacks conservatives constantly that was just sued successfully for over $3 million in a defamation case. The Southern Poverty Law Center Sensing an opportunity, Joe, with this synagogue attack and this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this guy who was sending the suspicious packages to CNN and others, mm-hmm. I'm not mentioning his name. Sorry. He doesn't deserve it. He will be the guy. You can look up his name yourself. That is not getting any notoriety from me. The suspicious package guy in the synagogue shooting, the left, ladies and gentlemen, never lets a crisis go to waste to quote, quote Rahm Emanuel, ever. They sense an opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, Google Fox News. Fox News controversy. There's no controversy. I'm just telling you, Google, because the left senses an opportunity to go after Fox and everyone else. Don't you find it a little odd after these incidents, the left goes after LifeSite News, a pro-life site. You know, there's tons of articles over the last few days just put up about Fox and the the Fox controversy and this, they're not, they're made up, they're fake controversies. Mm-hmm. Nobody's writing articles about, about CNN, despite the fact that they had a lady on CNN on Jake Tapper's show, who usually shuts this kind of stuff down, by the way, on Tapper's show, who said that Trump has radicalized more people than ISIS. No, oh. b- nobody's threatening to boycott CNN, although I think we should. But the articles about Fox, the left is all of, they know when a crisis is about to hit and they move in to suppress free speech. The, at Southern Poverty Law Center, Joe, if you read the piece, is now leading an effort to quote, 
Their new effort is change the terms. Oh, what did I tell you? What did I tell you was going to happen? Predict it again two, three months ago. I wish I was wrong. Change the terms, meaning what? They want websites like Twitter, web hosting companies, social media companies, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, others. They want them to change their terms. In other words, they're, you know, when you know, Joe, when you sign up for Twitter, right, you have to click the I agree to these terms and conditions. Yeah. They want them to change the terms to quote Joe, reduce hateful activities on their platform. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds great. Everybody wants that, Joe. Oh, yes. Don't, don't we? Joe, yes. who doesn't want hate who doesn't want hateful activities removed from their platform? I want peace and love. We all do. We all do, buddy. Thank we you, all want to sit around, sing campfire songs, make our s'mores. We oh, all want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Sit there and reminisce about the Halcyon days. We all want to do oh, that. Yeah. The problem, folks, is how they define hateful activities. Yes. They want to set up. Because, ah, gosh, I wish I was wrong on this. And people and suckers are falling for this. They want to set up, Joe, a flagger program. Uh, flagger, like American flag, a flagger yeah. program. Where outside groups show that are independent, independent. Outside groups can flag what they determine to be hateful content. Hint, conservative content. Hateful content. Flag, and it can be immediately taken down. Now, there's nothing the left would love more after they change the terms to get the government involved to change the um, Communications Decency Act to get this written into federal law. That's the next step so that they they can't be sued because they'll be basing it on a federal law. Let me read to you from the PJ Media piece. I told you this was coming and people are falling down this black hole of stupidity. No, no, the government's going to help us here. Yeah, uh, Yes, Joe, like they've helped you. Ah, uh, uh, hold on. Let me think. Wait, wait. Uh, just ten twenty-seven uh, oh. Eastern time. We only have thirty minutes. I'm sorry. I have to wrap this up because none of Joe's thinking too. We can't That's think right. of anywhere the government's actually helped you. Okay, the government. The government. They're they're gonna help. They're gonna rescue us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's gonna happen. From the PJ Media piece. The difficulty comes, however, in the application of these terms. Quote, change the terms calls on tech companies to, quote, allow for individuals and organizations. Oh, oh, who are those individuals and organizations going to be? Oh, but not government actors. They're clear on this because once they get their foot in the door, believe me, the government's the next step. Trust me on this one. Please trust me to, quote, flag hateful activities as well as flag groups and individuals engaged in hateful activities and to create a trusted flagger program for vet <laughs> this is hysterical for vetted well-established civil and human rights organizations to expedite review of potential hateful activities who are these groups going to be oh people like the southern poverty law center who are a political or they attack political opponents an organization that has been sued successfully for millions of dollars by people who were disingenuously labeled hate groups. An organization that was cited by a guy who walked into the Family Research Council and shot the place up because they were on their, quote, hate list. Folks, do you see what's coming? 
I am humbly and respectfully begging you not to fall down this sucker's trap. You may say, well, Dan, what if these companies that are, you're arguing they're private, they can do what they want. So can't they just do, and some of these companies, by the way, we saw with Amazon have already used the Southern Poverty Law Center. Again, a liberal group committed to liberal ideology. They have nothing to do with hate groups. They used to back in the day. They are now a political organization aiming to take down political opponents. You may say, well, then how do we fight back? Because if you're saying the government shouldn't get involved, what's to stop these companies from just changing the terms then and bringing in the Southern Poverty Law Center? Ladies and gentlemen, stop selling yourselves short. We are 40 to 45, maybe upwards of 48% of the population, conservatives, Republicans, libertarians, moderate Democrats, and free thinkers. How long, you, you know, I get it. I get in the, in, the, in, in the temporary, in the short term, right? We all want instant gratification. We do. We all want, they got to be punished, Twitter. Twitter screwed us. Twitter, they, they still, we still can't run ads on Twitter. They won't tell us why. We just can't. And the reason is because we're conservative. Folks, we can fight back. There will be a market alternative. People are going, only going to take this for so long. This happened with the mainstream media. Now the mainstream media is going bankrupt. The Washington Post, all of these outlets who are having issues drawing, in the, you know, drawing steady income streams, These old legacy media outlets are dying a slow death and are withering on the vine because what happened? Alternatives popped up. We had Fox News that popped up. You had Breitbart, Conservative Review, other outlets that said, you know what? We're going to give you the real news and we're going to give you real opinion. We're not going to give you this fake propaganda nonsense. But this stuff takes time. I'm sorry I can't give you instant gratification. Other shows might try. We got to get them. We got to get them now. It will happen. A conservative economy, just like the conservative media outlet is going, a conservative media outlets is going to emerge out of this. There are going to be companies. You're, I, ladies and gentlemen, it's already happening. I already use this example. I listen to Sirius XM in the car often. I'll put on uh, Fox News 114. I'll listen. There are commercials for it. He's not even a sponsor. Is it Patriot Software or something? A Patriot. Their whole MO is to advertise to Patriots. That's their thing. You're going to see this. Web hosting company is going to say, you under threat of attack from liberal uh, outlets that want to that want to deplatform LifeSite News and others? Come over by us. You're safe here. You're seeing it now. Free speech platforms developing everywhere. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to see eventually alternatives to Twitter. Everybody thought MySpace. Oh, MySpace. Oh, my gosh. My, remember MySpace? This was it. Yeah. It was a juggernaut in the social media uh, information sharing space. MySpace, MySpace is dead now. Dead. Alternatives always develop when there's a need. Let me just leave you with this point because I really do have a lot to get to and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I, don't, I didn't even mean to spend this much time on this. When I was an instructor in the Secret Service Academy, I was a coordinator for a class and we were lucky enough at the time um, to have a guy in there who knew people and he got Roger Ailes down. 
Roger Ailes, who has uh, since departed, God rest his soul, Roger Ailes, mm-hmm. uh, from, from formerly the Fox News Corporation, and he came down and gave an interesting speech at the graduation ceremony. This was years ago. Gosh, I can't even, oh, well over, uh, probably a decade ago. We were sitting there, and he, what he said when the idea for Fox News came about, Joe, I remember the speech like it was yesterday, that he sat in the room and someone said to him, like, well, wh- well who are we marketing to? And, and his answer was, was, was kind of funny. He's like, marketing to? He's like, what do you mean marketing to? Like, the market's already there. There's 40, 45% of America that have no alternative for news, for real news. Like, the market's there. Like, who are we marketing to? 40% of America. Folks, can you imagine a product? Think of a product that appeals to 40% of It's hard. Corvettes don't. The 40% of America don't want a Corvette. I don't even want one. I had one. Hmm. No, they're nice cars, but I don't want one. Coca-Cola, McDonald's. If you had a market, think about it, Joe, a product. That appealed mm. to 40%. You're talking about over 100 million people. You'd be like, wait, and nobody's doing it? Let me get this straight. There's a hole in the market for 140 million customers. And no, and, and Ale said he laughed. Like he was like, yes, there's no alternative news source for people looking for real news. How about we start Fox? Okay. He was stunned nobody thought of it sooner. The same thing's happening now. Twitter and Facebook, YouTube and others have come to rely on the fact that, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we don't, there's not going to be any competition. We have these crowd effects. That's, the mainstream media said the same thing. Oh, no, these people have grown up with Walter Cronkite and Peter Jennings. This is a, and, and Tom Brokaw and my generation. They, they're not going to leave us. Ah, uh, they did. Quickly. Goodbye. No, they did. And the same thing is going to happen. But when you're doing what your political opponents want you to do, in this case, introducing the government into regulating this through terms and condition changes and and independent monitors that can report to the government on flagging hate speech, they will only flag conservative content and they will have the government's protection against lawsuits. This is a huge catastrophic error in judgment. Remember this episode, 839. Because if it happens in 10 years, I want you to go back and listen and go, damn, I wish we would have listened to him. It is a bad idea. The left is in a full-blown war on free speech. Full-blown war on free speech. Attacking Fox, their sponsors, web hosters for pro-life sites, social media accounts, Facebook accounts. The left is all in on police state weaponization. They are all in on speech suppression. They are all in, folks, on aggressive confrontation. All in. Do not allow them the monopoly power of the force of government. Do not let these social media companies, let them bury themselves in a history of awful business decisions, discriminating against 40% of Americans who I'm telling you will find an alternative. We always have. Don't sell yourself short. Okay. Sorry, but I'm very passionate about this. And I just can't believe how many people who claim to be small government keep falling into this trap looking for government protection against what the government wants. They're looking for... Don't... don't, All right, enough. I made my point. All right, folks. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at FilterBuy. Hey, a new study just came out of China. It discovered that air pollution causes a huge reduction in intelligence. This is in addition to the well-known impacts on physical health. 
High pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic, the average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education. Now we know what's going on at the DOJ. They never change the air filters over there. This is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. So do the smart thing. Go to filterby.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Love this company. They want to be here. They want to talk to you. This is a company that does not run away from conservative podcasts. Please support our sponsors, folks. They want to talk to you. Choose from over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options that ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans. They manufacture all their filters right here in America. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement. Then you'll never have to think about changing your air filters again. Filter by will save you time. They'll save you money. You'll breathe better. And apparently, you'll become more intelligent in the process. So stop procrastinating. That's filterby.com. Filterby.com, filterbuy.com. Please tell them Dan Bongino sent you. I really appreciate you supporting our sponsors. Filterby, my Patriot Supply and Brick House Slater. Thank you very much. You have air filters, filterby.com. Okay. Moving on. Um, in what's become a ongoing, horrendous, bad joke, uh, and this is going to be a heavy news day, folks. I'm sorry, but I got a lot to get to here. The Democrats are a, 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 in an act of political hubris I have, uh, I have not seen in my lifetime, amazingly are running on this legislative storm, this dumpster fire of legislation, this apocalyptic, cataclysmic joke of a piece of legislation, Obamacare. Democrats are actually running on this and astonished. I, 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 I don't get this. I don't, I, folks, I genuinely don't get this. There are some, the polls are starting to turn in this disaster's favor. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. This thing is a total dumpster fire. Your premiums right now on Obamacare, I don't want, I've done a thousand shows on this, are, but your premiums are what they are and your access is shrinking precisely because of what Obamacare did. This is a legislative cataclysm. It instituted two things, two things that cannot work because it requires the ignoring of the laws of physics and arithmetic to happen. Obamacare instituted community rating and guaranteed issue. Community rating is the the price controls by the government. Guaranteed issue means they have to issue insurance at any time. Here's an analogy on what Obamacare is. This is all you need to know about why Obamacare doesn't work and why your premiums are high. Community rating means they have to charge people a government-prescribed formula despite what those people's health care costs actually are. Now, that the Democrats are running on this economic stupidity is bizarre. Joe, if your health care costs, God forbid you're sick, are $100,000 a year, do those health care costs go away because I gave a fancy campaign speech? No. No, they don't. Someone's got to pay them. Somebody pays them, either Joe or me, the taxpayers. Somebody pays those costs. Community rating in Obamacare says that people who cost more to insure, notably people who are older, and just because of the chronological effects of time, me included, even at 43, people who are older tend to be sicker and have more ailments. This Mm -hmm. uh, This is not a controversial point. It's a statistical fact. Obamacare said you cannot charge people who are older or sicker more than you charge people who are younger and healthier. Therefore, Joe, since I just told you based on pure economic common sense, 
mm-hmm. that if your medical costs don't disappear, what happens to people who are older and sicker? Their costs are covered by people who are younger and healthier because the costs don't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Now you may say, well, that sounds fair. Well, does it? You know, let, let's talk about a little bit of tough love here, folks. Uh, who's in a better economic position, Joe, you or your son? Uh, me. Me. <laughs> you. Yes. yes. Who do you think's in a better economic position, me or my 15-year-old daughter? Not a trick. Uh, you. You, I would be. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Folks, the younger generation are our kids. They're not space aliens. They're not X-Men. They're not like, uh, you know, from, 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 from Jupiter. They're not, you know, they don't exist on the rings of Saturn. These are our kids. We're basically saying, because the costs go nowhere, that us who have an established history of work and savings, that we shouldn't pay our medical bills, that our kids should pay our medical bills for us, while we reimburse our kids for paying our medical bills. Because now they're living at home because they can't afford the rent. <laughs> this, but to liberals, this makes sense. <laughs> Do you understand that's what community rating is? Mm-hmm. It rates plans according to a government formula, not according to the cost of people's actual health care. Which simply means your kids are paying your bills. Simple as that. Making it even worse, it instituted guaranteed issue. Meaning now, say your kids can't afford that, which they can't, many can't. People mm-hmm. have been kicked off insurance plans, their premiums are up. A lot of people cannot afford Obamacare in the in in the uh in the independent health market. The people are not employed by their uh, empl- uh insured, excuse me, by the employer or the government. These are people in the independent market, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those people have chosen to pay the tax penalty instead. But now the individual mandate is gone, so a lot of that's washed away. So what's happening? These younger folks don't have the money, so they're not paying. Oh, but guaranteed issue, another absolutely economically illiterate, stupid legislative disaster built into Obamacare says, Joe, that, oh, you can get insurance at any time. Oh, so what happens? These kids wait. These younger folks, they wait Mm -hmm. till they get into a car accident. God forbid. Then all of a sudden they call, hey, I need insurance. And the insurance companies have to give them insurance, meaning now they've not paid any premiums. And who's paying the insurance bills? You are. They don't go anywhere. There's no money fairy. There's no easy answers here. There's no campaign speech that makes those costs go away. Those medical costs are real and they are happening. So community rating is price control. It's guaranteed issue means when you don't want to pay those prices, you can just wait till you go to the hospital and lickety split. You're going to get insurance paid for by you. The Democrats are running on this. Why do I bring this up now? Not to rehash an old Obamacare episode, but. Folks, there are ballot measures on the state in four states. Another component of Obamacare to make this doubly disastrous was the expansion of Medicaid, ironically, to people who are young, single, without kids and are capable of working. 30 states have expanded Medicaid under Obamacare. Four states, it's on the ballot coming up. If you see this ballot measure, vote no. No, vote capital N-O, no. Nebraska, Utah, Idaho, Montana, you're up. Why should you vote no on this? The Medicaid expansion is a scam. 
It is a way to get more people on the government dole to get other people who work to pay for their insurance. The great irony of this, as pointed out in a Wall Street Journal piece today, brilliantly, I might add, it extends government-provided health care. In other words, you, you're paying for it, to prime-age adults without children who are above the poverty line. Matter of fact, up to 138% of the poverty line. Ironically, the federal government says, oh, don't worry, states, we'll pay 90% of the bill. As if the federal government show gets its money from a bunch of Martians. <laughs> it gets its money from you. It doesn't matter yeah. where it comes from. Right. Here's the kicker. Again, as pointed out in this journal piece there, it's a very good one. It guarantees, which is a false guarantee, but roll with it for a minute that the federal government will pay 90% of the Medicaid bills when you expand it to these prime-age working adults without kids. But, Joe, you know what's interesting about this? The federal Hmm. government only pays about 50 to 70% of the bill for pregnant women and kids who could actually use some government intervention, kids without parents, kids who were poor, where the United States government probably has a legitimate interest. So let me get this straight. You're a working adult man, prime age, and we are supposed to pay our tax dollars a greater percentage of your health care than you would actually pay for poor pregnant women and kids who could actually use it. That's Obamacare. That actually happened. This Medicaid expansion has been a disaster. It is a third-party payer problem. It is a government-sponsored health care program which takes the incentive for the doctor and the patient to keep costs and quality high because you're not paying. Therefore, you don't care about the costs. And if you're the doctor, you don't care about the quality either because your patient isn't paying. The government is. The Medicare expansion where in Montana, they're voting on reauthorizing it in Montana, just to be clear. That's why it's on the ballot, Joe. Was over budget by 70%. Ooh. Utah is suggesting a tax hike to pay for this. These are Republican states. Vote this down in massive numbers. I want this thing to fail 99 to 1. It is economically impossible to keep this program going. And it defeats the purpose of the United States and liberal policies, what they say are being compassionate. It actually takes money away from government programs that are, and believe me, I'm not suggesting these programs work well either. I'm just suggesting the irony of these programs are they take away money and funds from, say, pregnant women and kids who the government could help out, and it gives it to prime age working adults above the poverty line. How does that make any sense? The answer is it makes sense in, 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 in liberal bizarro land where nothing makes sense. Speaking of things not making sense, sure, you have that cut of Hillary? Yes, sir. I'm really fired up about liberals today. I got this Obamacare story, the, the Bob Hugan Senate race, the school choice story, and Hillary. Joe, this is an act. Joe, do you not mess with this, right? This is an act. Joe pulled this is when yeah. Hillary actually said this. Didn't touch it. Hillary was talking just the other day at a forum, the one where she said she would consider being president, made one of the most... I mean, I can't believe she actually said this. And she claims to be some identity politics warrior. Remember yesterday's show in the black community, how you're welcome here? 
Here's here's a joke Hillary Clinton made about black men. This is a, this is not I'm not messing with you folks. She actually said this that if this were said by anyone else, you would never ever be permitted into the polite public space again. Play that cut. What do you think of Cory Booker's? And you didn't comment on him, and you're feel free. Oh, I, I adore. Yeah, him. What do you think about him saying kick them in the shins? Essentially, start to get to that kind of political. Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric. Oh, Eric Holder. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. No, they no, don't. <laughs> Oh, I, uh, uh, this is where we need the video, Joe. What? What? Why? What? Well, Joe sent that to me this morning. I, now I, I had seen it last night. I was going to send it to him, but he beat me to the punch. <sighs> so all black men look like they do. Uh, uh, really? Because uh, Cory Booker looks nothing like Eric Holder. Nothing. Mm, nothing. Uh, uh, not, matter of fact, it's not even not even close. Cory Booker's bald. Eric Holder has a mustache. They look nothing alike at all. Matter of fact, if you were to shave Eric Holder's head and his mustache, he still doesn't look like Cory Booker. <laughs> no. I, I mean, what what kind of joke? That that's funny. All black men look alike. No, they. they, they why are we? You understand how they, we're all dumber for having for talking about this? That was Hillary Clinton. And it got a well done. Oh, well done. They applaud. Well it's done. hysterical. They think it's funny as hell. Go to- Listen to me. Listen to me well. Listen to me good. Or as my grandmother say, you listen here, my grandmother used to say. <laughs> yeah. My grandmother, when she was mad, she had that Irish temper. I love her to death. God rest her soul. She said, I'll kill you dead if you don't. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. listen here. She never meant that. She had the biggest heart ever. If you were to say that on the air at Joe's radio station or at a conservative, they'd hang up on you immediately. Matter of fact, no, it wouldn't because Joe dump it. And they then they'd hang yeah. Joe's, what is it, a 30-second delay? So you would dump that, uh, yeah, it, and you would gone. hang up on him, and you'd say, that guy was a moron, and they would get off the phone. If you were to say that at a conservative rally, they'd shut the mic off on you. But when you say it at a liberal rally, the lady says, oh, well done, and the crowd uh, applauds. Again, uh, black voters, yesterday you were props, if you listen to the show we did yesterday. Al Sharpton thinks you're props in a photo op. Today, you all look alike. You don't, obviously all look alike you are not props you are not a photo op you are god's children every one of you with an independent free-thinking soul and big r god-given rights you are not a prop you are not a photo op and no you don't all look alike gosh this stupid is so strong how how are you a liberal how are you a liberal anymore how really when they're not pumping economically illiterate, stupid, irrational programs like Obamacare and lying to the American? Oh, Obamacare is so great! Look at this; it cannot work. Then they're saying black people are props, photo ops, and they all look alike. I have this other story in the show notes today about a a opponent of school choice. She led a group, Joe, called Save Our Schools. She fights against school choice. For minority kids and others who are in crappy schools, make no mistake. She doesn't want your kids out of crappy schools. She wants to make sure they lock the doors behind your kids. Her name is Sharon Kirsch. She leads a group in Arizona against school choice called, ironically, Save Our Schools, which should be called Destroy Our Schools. She's against school choice. Joe, where do you think she sends her kids? (laughs) Private school. A charter school. Yes. 
You judge it. It's the show. It's the stories in the show notes. Send this out. You know the school choice they have. It's a sensitive issue to me because I, mm-hmm. yeah, a de facto school choice saved my entire life. St. Pancras Catholic School, which is since now closed, sadly, taking us on when we were kids. Sometimes my mom, my mom paid, sometimes she didn't. But allowing us to stay saved my butt. The public schools by me, PS68 in Queens, were disastrous. Yet that opportunity doesn't exist for black minority students and white students in poor school districts and others, everyone else. It's not just by racial category. Anyone in a poor school district. Because liberals want to keep you out. Out of good schools. They want to keep you in their failure factories so they can get teacher union money, so they can lobby Democrats for pensions and higher salaries. Period. Full stop. Thank you. While Joe, Sharon, Kirsch, and Save Our Schools, fighting against school choice, sends her kid to a charter school. By the way, interesting little tidbit in this. Chicago school teachers... 39% of them send their kids to private school. Some of the same teachers union. I'm not blaming teachers. You're all agreed. I'm talking about your union interest. Chicago Teachers Union advocates against school choice. Uh, Nearly 40% of their own teachers send their kids to private school. But yeah, don't worry about the rest of us. You know, Jason Riley's statistic. There are 20,000 public high schools in the country. Just 2,000. Jason Riley from the Wall Street Journal. Just 2,000 of those 20,000 public high schools are responsible for half the dropouts. If you're black, you have a 50% chance of sending your kid to one of those failure factory dropout schools. You know damn well listening that if that was an epidemic in white suburban America, there would be, they would be storming the damn state houses in every state. But the fact that it's black America, the Democrats don't give a rat's ass They couldn't care any less that you have a 50% shot, if your skin is black, of sending your kid to a failure factory school. They don't care. Not one bit. Liberals. Disgusting. I mean, it's just horrible, the environment we live in right now. Just gross. Between their media manipulation, their war on free speech, their open borders, their police state tyranny, their endorsement of government spying on their political opponents, their, f- their failure to enact any kind of a health care reform that makes even, even remotely economic sense, their war against education for poor kids. It's just disgusting. It's just gross. All right, one more quick story before I get to the economic story. I've been teasing now since yesterday because it's a good one and it's an important one. More liberal stupidity. So there's this race going on in New Jersey for a U.S. Senate seat between Bob Hugan and, uh, and, and uh, the, the just morally inept Robert Menendez. Just a horrible human being. Bob Menendez, Democrat senator, that sh- corruption charges against this guy, if you read them, were disgusting. Prostitution, underage prostitution. It, they're just gross. You can read them yourself. Read the charges. Menendez is it was it was sanctioned by the Senate. It's it's just a disaster. Now, what's ironic about this is pointed out in the Wall Street Journal again today, and what I thought was a very good piece. They said, you know what was interesting, Joe? Hmm. In that Roy Moore race in Alabama, where there were those charges against Roy Moore, all yeah. of these outlets were saying, Oh, you know, Republicans do the right thing. You can't vote in Roy Moore. You gotta vote for Doug Jones, who is a dyed in the wool liberal. In Alabama, you got to vote. You got to do the right. We don't like this Roy Moore guy. And Republicans, you know, turned out, but they didn't vote him in. Doug Jones won in a largely Republican state. 
as I've always told, expect no reciprocity, even if you accept the charges against Moore. Expect absolutely no reciprocity from the left. You now have a gun. Those were charges, by the way. Mm-hmm. There was no court proceeding for These are documented legal charges against Menendez, who they didn't win the case against, but they didn't retry. He was not, he was not found not guilty. It was like a hung jury or whatever it was. The Menendez case, there are newspapers in New Jersey endorsing Menendez. One of them, Joe, endorses Menendez, and the headline reads, and I quote, choke it down and vote for Menendez. Maybe the worst titled headline in the history of endorsement. Yeah, I know. I, I, that, isn't that gross? It sucks. Yeah. I told you, expect oh. no reciprocity from the left on civility or principles at all. None. When we didn't blame Bernie Sanders, and rightly so, for the the rampage on the Alexandria baseball field against Republicans, I said to you at the time, expect no reciprocity whatsoever from the left because they're not principled. Expect none in this case. In other words, there are no Democrats saying, hey, listen, sometimes we got to clean up our own mess. This guy Menendez is bad news. Vote for Hugan. We'll fight the fight later. None of it. You expect none of it because they are not principled people. Sorry. All right. Uh, on to the economic story, which is important. But uh, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition, folks, I've been talking about foundation, but I want to get back to Field of Greens because Field of Greens is a terrific product. There is no doctor, personal trainer, nutritionist, nurse, anyone in the medical field or nutrition field who's, who would deny the advice I'm about to give you. You have got to eat your fruits and vegetables for optimal health, cognitive health, physical health, the health of your muscles, your joints your bones, your blood, everything, all of your organs, you have to eat these life-giving, enhancing foods God put on this earth, our fruits and our vegetables. The color compounds in there, the macronutrients, the micronutrients, they will enhance your life. What's the problem? They're hard to prepare. They're perishable. I get it. It's tough. We live busy lives. You got to cook them. Sometimes it takes a while. I have the solution for you. The solution is Field of Greens. Field of Greens is a fruit and vegetable powder, but here's the, here's the key, folks. This is not like other Yeah, well, I get those. I get these tablets. No, no, no. A lot of that stuff is crap. It's extract. This is not extract. This is ground up real food. Wholesome fruits and vegetables. The real McCoy. This is not crap. This is not extract. This is real fruits and vegetables. I throw it in orange juice, green tea, sometimes some V8, sometimes water. It tastes great. It has a nice berry tinge to it. I take a scoop twice a day. It is your fruit and vegetable insurance. I have never felt better since I've been on it. And you know I'm in rough physical health with all the stuff going on now with the, me beating the crap out of myself. I'd be lost without it. The product is called Field of Greens. My mother-in-law swears by it. She swears it makes her look younger. <laughs> Miriam, she listens to my show. It is called Field of Greens. Pick, up, uh, pick it up today. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, pick up a jar of Field of Greens today. I'm actually impressed. I'm going to actually get through the content I had planned today, unlike yesterday's show, where I went on forever. All right. About, but yesterday's show was good. We got a lot of great yeah. feedback, so thank you. Folks, there's this big conundrum going on right now in the economics field, and it's basically summed up this way. How the hell are interest rates and inflation so low, given that we printed the snot out of money and we're in all this debt. In other words, when you print a lot of money, governments, which we have been doing vis-a-vis uh, quantitative easing and other programs like that, 
when you print all this money, you get inflation. It's very simple. Why? If you know an economy has $100 chasing 100 widgets, and whatever, whoever's running that economy prints another $100, you now have $200 chasing 100 widgets. And what happens? Every widget can fetch, uh, fetch an extra dollar more because right. there's $200 in circulation. You get that, Joe? It's not hard, mm-hmm. right? To understand. No. It's, it's a simplistic view of inflation, granted. But in the essence of time, we have printed a boatload of money and created new money electronically and otherwise through quantitative easing and other measures. The federal government, through federal reserve notes, the issuance of federal reserve notes, um, and through the federal reserve itself, which is, uh, I'm going to say, a quasi-federal government agency, even though they claim to be independent, they're not, um, has printed a boatload of money. The mystery amongst economists out there has been, how the heck are interest rates still so low and not through the roof? Because one of the ways to combat uh, inflation and what happens typically when you get money and massive amounts of money in circulation is interest rates go up. Interest rates start to, they, when they print the money, they can suppress interest rates. But eventually, what winds up happening is it gets harder and harder to attract money into the United States because of the decreasing value of that dollar. So they have to pay higher returns eventually. So they pay those higher returns in the form of interest rates. In other words, you give us money, mm-hmm. we won't give you 5%. We'll have to give you 10%. And then mm-hmm. as the money becomes worth less and less and less, it's like, well, now we'll give you 15%. One of the great mysteries has been, how the hell are interest rates still so damn low, given that we printed record amounts of money? Not only that, how has inflation been so tame? starting to pick up a little bit. But there's a, a theory I put out on this show before that's a fascinating one. And I, I just want to put it out there now because this is starting to creep up again as the economy heats up a little bit and everybody's afraid of this inflation that they think is going to happen. By the way, I think there is a good chance it may happen. But one of them, Joe, is that prices are still low. That's what inflation is, right? Remember I used the example of $200 mm-hmm. printed rather than 100 and you have... Mm-hmm. $2 now chasing every one widget instead of $1. Well, one of the theories here is that productivity is so high through enhancements in technology, Joe, that we are producing so many more widgets than we would ordinarily that it's keeping the prices low despite the fact that we're creating all this new money. In other words, scenario number one, we had $100 and 100 widgets. Every widget fetches a dollar. We print 100 extra dollars. Every widget now can fetch $2. Price goes up. But what if we built 100 more widgets? Ah. Now you have 200 widgets and $200, which keeps the price the same as it was with $100 and 100 widgets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every widget fetches a dollar. I get it. It's simplistic, but it's not. It's still relevant. Sometimes simple is better. Remember Pet Cemetery? Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes simple is better. Occam's razor, right? One of the theories out there, Joe is with this sharing economy, Uber, Airbnb, massive technology interchanges and companies that are figuring out quicker and better ways to do things at lightning speed, that we're producing so much stuff and sharing so many existing capital resources we have now, that prices are going to stay low for a long time because we're just producing so much extra stuff that's not showing up in regular GDP counts. In other words, You have all of these people saving a fortune on taxi and livery services that are now, Joe, just paying for Uber 
I'm not knocking taxi service. I'm just saying that Uber can is a lot cheaper in many respects. And the capital requires no extra investment. So no one has to borrow money at an interest rate. Why? Joe already has his car. Mm-hmm. It was just an unused... Joe, what is your car doing right now? It's sitting around waiting it's for me to get in. It's sitting in the driveway doing nothing. If little Joe says, Dad, can I borrow your car? I want to Uber for four or five hours. It doesn't hurt Joe at all. He doesn't need to buy a new car. He doesn't need to borrow money. And all the people little Joe drives around in the Uber save potentially hundreds of dollars on what they would have paid on a fancy livery car service. So there's no competition for money because Joe doesn't need to borrow money. He doesn't need to pay an interest. He already has the car. It was just doing nothing. And secondly, inflation may be tamed because there's this enhanced productivity from things like Uber and other, other things out there that are suppressing prices. Because, I'm, again, I'm not, please don't email me. I'm, I'm not knocking your business. I, I use livery services myself because I really like them and the driver's are really cool. But they tend to be more expensive. Prices are being driven down for transportation despite massive printing of money because of things like Uber and Lyft. It makes perfect sense. Just think, just think how much hotter and how much more valuable the salary you have now would be if we could just get a hold of the printing of money and the massive debt. Let me do a quick thought experiment, Joe, and we'll wrap this up. All right. Just imagine you're on that island with $100 and they print no extra money because they don't have to take on any extra debt. And instead of 100 widgets, every widget fetches a dollar or can. The economy is so productive. You have Uber, Airbnb, a sharing economy, technology growing so fast that they produce 500 widgets. Now, think about it. Instead of them having to charge more for the widgets than $100, they charge less because every widget now can only uh, fetch a fraction of the dollar it used to fetch in the past, meaning what? The price goes down. Your money goes so, instead of buying one widget, you can now buy three or four. Great. With the same money. Yeah. Just think of how much richer we would all be at our 50 to 75 to $100,000 salaries if in this exploding economy, all of these new widgets and technologies and the sharing economy and wasted resources, Joe's car sitting in the driveway that are now being utilized. Think of how much cheaper everything would be if we could just get out of the catastrophic debt situation we're in, which requires us to print boatloads of money, which keeps prices elevated or even stable when they would be going down. Shit, really, a shame. Shame. But thank God it's happening or we'd all be broke. I just want to get to that. It's important. There's a piece in the Wall Street Journal about it yesterday. Um, all right, tomorrow I'm going to get to some more socialism stuff, too. Interesting survey I saw out there. And uh, it's it's fascinating. Don't miss tomorrow's show. Is another piece in the journal today that has some polls on college campuses are going to blow your mind. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all these services. It's free. It helps drive us up the charts. We really need your help there. Uh, It matters to us. The subscriptions matter. It is free. It will not hurt you at all. We don't charge anything for the show. The sponsors pay for it. So thanks a lot. We will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.
Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.